welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Plastering, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, myself, Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, the one and only, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 194. We are just six episodes away from the 200, the magical 200. We really need to sort something out because we haven't yet. We've got two games to review this week, plus news from around the club, which there isn't a lot of um, this week. So we're going to focus on the two games. So without further ado, a quick word from our sponsors, AJF Plastering, an Essex-based plastering and rendering company that covers all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And the best part is they offer a 15% discount for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. If you want more information, if you're considering refurbishing your house or office or anything you might own that you might need replastering, um, email ajfplastering at outlook.com. You can visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads ADZ uh, on, uh, on Twitter. So that's at Big Ads, B-I-G-A-D-Z-L-O-F-C on Twitter. Nicely done, Mr. Leary. So supporters club update for you this week and our two trips to tell you about. And firstly, coaches to Northampton Town leave the supporters club uh, at 11am for a 3pm kickoff on Saturday, the 5th of October. This will cost you £25 for adults and £22 for concessions. And then two weeks later, on Saturday, the 19th of October, the O's travel to Grimsby. This one, a bit more expensive, I think you'll agree, a lot longer in the journey. This one's £36 for adults. £33 for concessions. This one is leaving at 8am, so a nice early start for you all for that one. So these trips will also cost you an additional £3 if you aren't a member of the supporters club. And if you're under 15, you can travel for half price, but you must be with an adult. And please remember that these prices do not, and I must stress, do not include your match day ticket. If you'd like to book for either of these trips, you can do so by going to the supporters club on any match day pre or post match or by calling the travel line on 07722 Yeah. Nicely done there. So moving on then to the Trust, the women's walking football taster session went very well with a great turnout. Weekly sessions are now going to be taking place every Thursday from 1 till 2 at the score centre. Also, the Leighton Orient Trust College Study Programme students were invited to the match on Tuesday and the students had the opportunity to take part in pre-match flag-bearing and half-time penalties. Additionally, Matt Harrell visited his old school, Trinity Catholic, in Woodford to speak to aspiring football players and Dan Happy visited Norlington School to present an award at their awards evening. Finally, the ICC Cricket World Cup trophy was at the match on Tuesday evening as a group of students from Norlington School paraded paraded it around the pitch at half-time. Nice healthy week of activity for the Trust. Yeah, very busy swirl down there to Louise, uh, Tony, Louise, Howard and Neil and everyone else at the Trust. So AOB, uh, a big AOB section this week. So we'll start off by saying congratulations to O's fan Tommy Ross on his engagement to Charlotte. And next time we see you, Tommy, come and say hello and give us an oi oi in the South Stand. It's been about 20 years at least since I've seen this kid. He's not a kid anymore. He must be about 30-odd. So, Tommy, come and say hello. And, uh, yeah, congratulations to you and Charlotte. Well done, yeah, congratulations. Um, Some sad news to bring you, uh, unfortunately. Earlier this week, we received a message from um, Simon Johns letting us know that 
He and his wife had sadly lost their daughter at 31 weeks into their pregnancy. Simon and his wife had set up a fundraising page to raise money for a special cot used in the hospital that they were in. For more information, you can go to at magic underscore johns on Twitter or you can email us or in Outlook at outlook.com and we'll put you guys in touch if you're looking to uh, donate. I do think they've reached their target, but I'm pretty sure that if they could buy more than one, then yeah. that would that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Dave Knight's funeral service took place on Monday afternoon as well. And we understand it was very well attended and from us all here on Outlook Podcast Towers and RIP to Dave. Absolutely. Then on Wednesday, unfortunately, um, we lost another Orient fan. The Romford Recorder ran a story about 39-year-old O's fan and geography teacher David Thompson, who sadly passed away. From us here at Orient Outlook Podcast, and we're sure the wider Leighton Orient family, our sincere condolences to all three families at this very, very difficult and tragic time. Yeah, so in the week, we were delighted to receive an email all the way from the US of A. So yeah. the Orient Outlook email inbox was ringing. Transatlantic. It absolutely was. And we had an email from CJ Fleck, who is an American. He's from Philadelphia, who went to two games, Brisbane Road, in the 2016 preseason and has been following ever since. So thanks for your kind email, CJ, and hopefully we'll see you in the South Stand one day soon. No matter where you listen, if you're listening abroad, give us an email, tell us where you are listening from, and you can email us. And our email address is orientoutlook at outlook.com. Yep, it'd be nice to know who's how, uh, if you live abroad, how, how you came to support in the O's. Uh, as well, it's always in, always interests us to know uh, the reaches of Leighton Orient Football Club. Actually, uh, a happy fifth birthday also to River Elias on the on Friday the twenty seventh of September. Her proud father tells us she's still yet to see us lose a game in person, and he might have to start making four hundred plus mile round trips to Leighton more often. Yeah. Um, and absolutely agree with you. I think that's a, a worthy investment if it means we start winning and pushing up the league. Absolutely. And there must be something about September birthdays because yeah. my daughter Jess turned seven on Tuesday and she's also got a 100% Orient record. Mm. Gone to three games and seen three wins and two of those were under the previous regime as well when we couldn't you know, buy for love or yeah. money. So if you've got a September child, get them along to an Orient game as soon as you can. They September club. A very, very good luck. So thanks yeah. to everyone there who emailed us during the week and DM'd us to get their messages into a OB. Yeah, absolutely. So they're moving on to the week that was. It was a quiet day on Monday, with the exception of Jimmy Bullard and the Soccer AM team turning up at the training ground to film a You Know the Drill segment, which will be shown this coming Saturday. Uh, on on their show, yeah. so uh, and apparently it went down very well. And they said that the group were a brilliant group, one of the most fun groups I read. Look forward to watching that. Jimmy yep. Bullard's always a good laugh, and that's always a good segment on Soccer AM. And then in the evening, the first fans forum took place at the club. So in attendance were a selected group of O's fans, as well as Nigel Travis, who was over Martin <coughs> Ling and CEO Danny Macklin. And just before we started recording. We received an update from Leighton or in SLO, Karen Harrison. So here is Karen's update. Hi there, Karen Harrison here, your supporters liaison officer. Just to give you some feedback with regards to the supporters representatives meeting that took place on Monday the 16th of September. Those in attendance from the board were Nigel Travis, Martin Ling and Danny Macklin. Attending from the supporters side was myself, 
two representatives from the supporters club, two representatives from Loft and five ballot winners. On the note of the ballot winners, I'd like to say thank you to all those who took part in the ballot. Unfortunately, there were only five spaces. But don't be disheartened if you'd like to still come along to future meetings when we announce that the ballot is open and please do get in touch again. Okay, some of the things that we discussed, the general day-to-day -day running of the club, things like ticketing, general administration, the academy, media, hospitality, marketing, retail, stadium and safety, general things like that and um, people were giving their feedback on different matters. Also, things. then we started talking about things like um, funds and sponsorship and the possibility of new investors. And the uh, general consensus was all new money is welcome. So uh, if you're interested in sponsoring any part of the club, then get in touch with, I think the commercial guy for, is Josh Stevens, or um, just get in touch with the club if you're interested. Then we started talking about streaming, um, and that how we can stream Tuesday night games, but Saturday at 3 o'clock there's a blanket ban. That's why you'll never see a Sky match at 3 o'clock on a Saturday either. So it's not just us. Um, if there's any problems with the streaming, because we understand that there have been some problems previously, then um, if you try and contact the provider, they're in a better place to actually address your problem there and then. So... And also, if you'd like to feedback as well to Leighton Orient after the event, then they can take those comments over to the broadcaster themselves. So, yeah, streaming was discussed. Then programmes as well were discussed. And we was asking whether we were going to continue doing a printed programme or to go down the digital route. And it was agreed that all the time a printed programme makes a profit then we will continue with the printed program at the moment i think they said they sell one in f one to four um so if there's four thousand people attending the match generally sell about a thousand programs so that's quite good so hopefully i'm somebody who likes to keep a program so hopefully we'll continue down that route uh, another question that was asked was about the demographics of our supporters. Where do we all live? Um, there's quite a lot, obviously, that have leased London and moved out. Um, so on the M11, A12 corridor, A13 corridor. But it's nice to see that there are a lot of members or members or supporters still live within Waltham Forest and um, surrounding boroughs. So it's nice to know that we still have our local fans as well as those that are second, third, fourth generation that have moved out further along. Uh, something else that was mentioned was medical screenings. Obviously, due to um, our awful summer, it was asked whether the players and staff all, all had medical screenings. And... Um, we can confirm that everybody had a medical screening this summer and that nothing has come out until all that we would know about anyhow. But um, yeah, so that's something that the club obviously will be keen to be keeping an eye on, um, not only because of what happened with Justin, but, you know, we want to make sure that everybody is well and good and able to be involved with Leighton Orient for as long as they can be. 
Okay, um, the next meeting that we plan to have will probably be December, January time. Um, hopefully when one of our American investors is over next, whether that be Nigel or Kent, and um, I'll hopefully report back to you after that one. So thank you all in Outlook. Um, keep up the good work and speak to you soon. Up the O's. So massive thank you there to Karen Harrison who sent us an update just before we were starting to record. So we hope that's given you a bit more detail on the France Forum. And I think Danny Macklin, who also gave us an update that we're not going to play because Karen has given us a, a longer, more substantial one. So I think there's going to be some notes published later on in the week. So thank you once again to Karen for sending over that message. So moving on in to Tahuay Tuesday, the 17th of September. And in the morning, the under-18s were in action in the Youth Alliance Cup, but they lost 3-2 to Peterborough thanks to a last-minute goal. Jordan had a yimmy and Lawrence Hammond scoring for the Orient. Orient. So unlucky there to the Youngos. Absolutely. But the main event was in the evening. That was crew at home. The team lined up with Dean Brewer in goal. Ling, Ekpeteta, Coulson and Wooderson were your back four. Gorman, Marsh, Wright, JMD, Angle and Dennis uh, were your front Seven. Front six. seven? That's front a, six. My I, I know people don't like Ross's formation, but a front <laughs> seven is quite outrageous. The substitutes for Sergeant Judd, Happy, Clay, Wilkinson, Harold and Alabi. Right, so Ross and Watson named an unchanged starting 11 from the same 11 who played against Exeter as Dan Happy was named <coughs> back on the bench in place of Shadrach Ogi and XO Nicky Hunt started for Crew. So Nicky Hunt still doing it in league. Still doing it. He must he, be like a million years old. He now. was old when we had him about three years ago, so God knows I what's going on with him now. I think he must have had a tough paper round. Absolutely. Your views on the team? Mate, as expected after yeah. the Exeter. I had a feeling from Ross's post match interview uh, at Exeter that Brophy wasn't going to be ready um, for this game, but mm-hmm. can't argue with that starting 11. Um, and good to see Happy back available, and you'd expect Happy. Start putting a bit of pressure on Coulson and Marv now that he's back in the squad. Absolutely. I think it would have been harsh to have made changes to a side that did well on Saturday, plus consistent sides do better than sides that change all the time. We've seen that before and what the consistency of that does. Yeah, absolutely. So Lee Angle had our first chance of the game in the first minute as he drove a goal following a great ball from Sam Ling, but Lee smashed his shot behind from a tight angle and two minutes later, Sam Ling found himself in behind the left-back but his pass wasn't met by anyone. Yeah, some more nice passing just a minute later, passing and movement across the whole pitch, which eventually saw Dale Gorman shoot wide from the edge of the box. So it's a li- bit of a lively start from us, actually. We got at them quite early. It's only, we're only talking the first five minutes here, and already we're, you know, we're applying pressure. So I'm watching this on the stream and thinking, yeah, actually, this could be... This could be good. Yeah, good confidence start, which is what we want to see. And we'll yeah. see us go at teams. But in the 15th minute, Lee Angle went down off the ball and he was replaced three minutes later by Connor Wilkinson. So a bit of a blow there. Angle obviously got his third goal of the season against Exeter. Yeah. He's had a good start to the season. He's, He's done all right. been our most threatening striker, you would say, based yeah. on to up to this point anyway. He's not set the league alight, but he's done well. Yeah, he's done well. Um, not really much to report over the next sort of ten or so minutes, but our work rate without the ball has been, I noted, had been actually quite impressive, which is something that I think we lacked in previous games. So you know, we're certainly looking at getting at them pretty quickly. So maybe something that George Marsh has brought to the team, his urgency and his yeah, quality. Maybe in the team. So the first O's <coughs> corner came in the twenty seventh minute, and a good throw out from the crew keeper saw crew counter attack, and the ball went over the top to Powell, um, and then Dal well. They got into the box. Dale Gorman handballed, but the ball found Powell again, who shot 
and his effort, although it beat Dean Brill, the ball hit the ball, hit the bar from the angle of the post and didn't go in. So a bit of a let off. Yeah, but I've worded that not particularly well. So basically, yeah, a bit of a let off. Good throw out from their keeper. Um, their man carries it up the field. A uh, bit of a let off actually because it does hit Gorman's arm. They can play. They appeal for a handball. It's not given. Uh, it plays on, and, and basically their shot hits the sort of corner of the upright and the and the bar. Um, and uh, a, a bit of a let off there for us. Okay. Um, in fact, actually, I've written huge let off actually, uh, and we are quite fortuitous that the ref missed that handball. So sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. Then yeah. fast forward then to the 30th minute, better build-up play from us, sees Louis Dennis shoot from distance, which Jaskalainen saved easily. And in the 31st minute, Crew took the lead as a corner ended up out wide and a cross was curled in from the right-hand side. Powell got the flick on and Nolan got a poke onto the ball and the ball kind of just seemed to stroll past the on-diving Dean Brill from close range and it was 1-0. For me, mm-hmm. poor defending, didn't handle the ball into our box. And it all seems to happen in slow motion. It's really frustrating. And the goal down again. Yeah, absolutely. Another poor goal for us to concede. We've really got to do better than give away these silly cheap goals. Um, we didn't deal with the ball in our box again. We just yeah. are not clinical enough. And it's an emerging pattern because of what happened at, uh, at the game at Colchester. It's an emerging pattern. And we've seen it in, in previous seasons where we're not clinical enough. We're not good enough in both boxes. Defending and attacking. It's just that lapse in concentration again that we've spoken about a couple of times this season already. Anticipation, preparedness, readiness, switched on, all of the above. We're just not doing that. Yeah, so we're it's frustrating. A goal down, like you said, very frustrating and nothing to report for 10 minutes. But in the 41st minute, JMD levelled the scores out of nothing really. He pounced upon a poor clearance from a crew defender uh, on the right hand side. JMD drove into the box unmarked. Keeper to beat, and to be fair to JMD, very confident, the angle. Yeah. very confident, very tidy finish, think over the keeper, and we're back in the game and it's one on. Great goal, great goal. Good to see us capitalising on a mistake for once yeah, as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, goal of the season contender, possibly. There won't be that many at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> right? There won't be that many at this rate, but I think for technique, composure and, and skill, and I guess slight audacity slight audacity and I use that in a positive way that he's just going to go and lob the keeper from an angle great I love it good goal all for it yeah it never wins goal this season but we shall see you're it'd right it'd be a contender it'd be a 10 hopefully it won't be but if it is hopefully there'll be better one. yeah fair enough absolutely so one or mm-hmm. three minutes of time were added on at the half time whistle went with the scores level at one all yeah 4,289 hardy souls uh, made it into the stadium 284 away which is a decent Decent turnout yeah, from crew. Usually they're in the tens rather than in the hundreds. So fair play. They're doing yeah, well. Exactly. They're doing well. Absolutely. But to come down from crew on a on a Tuesday night, I can't imagine the train home. I can't imagine there is a train home back to crew. <laughs> yeah, fair uh, Come ten, eleven o'clock. Uh, decent first half for us, despite giving away a poor goal. A, a lot more fight, I noted. A lot more passion and desire from the team as well. Good. It's what we want to see. That first half. It's what we want to see as Orient fans. We got tweeting at half time from Buchan JP. He said one sub changed the game, but we continued to play angles game when Wilkinson is a totally different player. The screw up at the back couldn't have fallen to a better player and JMD will score those all day long. So the second half got underway and there were no changes for either side. Yeah, 46th minute, then an amazing tackle from George Marshall who took the ball from the foot of their striker just six yards from goal. Josh Coulson was beaten and the pass through to their man was dangerous. George Marsh was absolutely superb there. He tracked all the way back 
and made that vital interception. It just took it off their man's boot because otherwise that's a goal and they're 2-1 up. Um, a huge wake-up call for us as well. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Superb piece of defending because if he got that wrong, their man goes down it's a penalty. So it's a goal either way. So well played to George yeah, yeah, yeah. Marsh. Let's forward. You spoke about a penalty. Well, let's talk about one in the 57th minute. Yeah. MZO to won a penalty. It's a good hold-up play from Connor Wilkinson. Got the ball to Josh Wright who ran into the box. And he was brought down by XO Nicky Hunt, who still obviously loves the O's. Blatant penalty. No, he doesn't love the O's. Blatant penalty. At I don't all. think you could uh, argue that what that wasn't a penalty. No one did. And so at this point, you're thinking, we're going to do this here. We're going to turn this around. So upstepped, JMD. Well, before we go on to that, I'll yeah. mention the fact that JMD took the ball, took the ball under the shirt. Don't like to see it. Because yeah, what that does shows, that actually mean, though? just means I'm taking the penalty. Who is our designated penalty taker? Yes, Arsenal Simbleton. It was Leanne Gold, but obviously Leanne Gold was off the pitch. Yeah. Josh Wright is known to take penalties. I don't think anyone knew. I think Ross mentioned it in his post-match and said it was JMD. But I think the fact he ran over and grabbed the ball and put it under his shirt kind of indicated that he might not have been. Right. I don't think football players tend to do that. But, you know, if JMD scores, we'll sit in there going... Fair play. It was supposed to take the penalty. But as we all know, he stepped up casually placed the ball towards the right-hand side of the keeper, but an easy save for Jaskalainen. Yeah, glorious chance to take the lead. Missed, really. Poor penalty. Uh, and I noted at the time, let's hope that doesn't come back uh, to, to bite us. I mean, I'm I normally... Mean, we know how this script ends, but at the time, it was foresight. I mean, I'm normally kind of... The play hits a target and their job's done, but that was a very weak penalty and the keeper didn't really have to do much to save. It's one of those we have to keep a guess the right way you save it all day long. And if it goes the other way, it's, it's, it's going in. But yeah, a pity there. Because had we gone 2-1 up, I think we'd probably go on to win that game. Yeah, but possibly. As we know. Or certainly not lose it. Well, you'd think so. Yeah, yeah you'd think so. It. Yeah. So 63rd minute in. Connor Wilkinson drew a foul from about 20 yards out and Dal Gorman smashed a free kick at the wall, which came to nothing. Obviously, and then three minutes later, Louis Dennis was booked after he cheaply gave away free kick yeah fast forward 11 minutes then and we make our first substitution which sees Dal Gorman replaced by Craig Clay yeah so a lot of criticism coming in around this sub many fans feel that it actually should have been Josh Wright to come off I thought Dal Gorman had done quite well yeah I didn't quite I didn't quite understand that but there must have been something yeah so about him so he hasn't had much match time so maybe that was a planned one I don't know yeah so game now starting to come into life with both teams looking to win the game Louis Dennis Tracked back superbly to deny the crew captain a chance a minute later. And then in the 76th minute, Louis Dennis was replaced by Matt Harold. So Harold, the ginger Pele, getting 15 minutes to yeah. try and win the game for the O's. Yeah, and also what was interesting was that Dennis went off on the far side. So there's well, obviously a rule change now that players don't have to come and touch hands or whatever at where the oncoming substitute is. Okay. They can go off the pitch and walk, walk round. Fair shout. Yeah, so, um, he, yeah, he didn't sort of bother running over. He knew that we're losing. He's like, I'll just get off the pitch. And then that allowed Harold to come on. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. 77 minutes then on the clock now. And crew are sensing that they could get the win and started applying pressure on us. Yeah, they almost hit the lead in the 78 minutes. Dean Brill got a big left hand onto a Jones shot. And somehow, as he was going down, managed to keep his left hand outstretched and somehow tipped or pushed the ball onto the post and out fantastic save there amazing save Brill. still being criticised quite heavily but I think in that respect in that it was one on one circumstances he's very big 
is very strong and makes a vital save at that point. Yeah, and that's crucial, being big and strong in those situations. That was an amazing piece of keeping from Dean Brill. Saved us there, off the woodwork for the second time in this game. Yeah, and you've got to say, crew movement there has done us, so our defence couldn't handle that movement. Just got done by a simple boom, boom, boom. And as we stand, and as we sit here recording this today, I watched the EFL show earlier and crew have got their best start in 24 years. Yeah. So it's no wonder that they're, they're applying this sort of pressure. Yeah, so let's go to the 88th minute and a huge let off for us in the 88th minute as Marvin Ekpeteta tried to shield the ball out of play for a goal kick. He's robbed by Chris Porter who played it in across the box and Jonah couldn't put the ball in on the stretch. For me, I mean, that's your warning. That's your warning with two minutes left. Don't try and do that again. Just keep calm. But again, shows the inexperience of Marv up against someone like Porter, who's been in the game for donkey's mm. years and mm. knows how to get on the back of an inexperienced True. defender. So that was the wake-up call. Yeah, 100% right. 90 minutes, though, it was coming. Crew scored a second to go 2-1 up. Uh, as a crossfield ball, very similar to the one played just two minutes earlier, was launched into the left-hand side for Crew. Sam Lingfeld to stop the cross coming across the box. Marvin Ekpeteta got a weak touch on the ball, which put it literally on a plate for James Jones, who smashed his effort past Dean Brill to leave us with a mountain to climb and mourning another late goal conceded. Very, very, very frustrating there. Poor that's, defending. That's being polite about it. Well, poor defending all over. You can yeah. argue that Link should maybe do better to stop the cross. Yeah. You should argue Ekpeteta should get the ball out as opposed to let it run across goal. And James Jones, again... Who is tracking a midfielder from the back? Again, we saw it against Exeter. We've seen it against Crew. We'll talk about it with Colchester. There's just a midfielder running completely unmarked to smash a ball home. And in the National League, you might get away with that. You might get a midfielder on running to the ball who's going to smash it over or smash it wide. But in League Two, we're getting punished a lot more than not. Especially against an informed team as well. Yeah, so a, a, a bitter, bitter pill to swallow. So three minutes of time were added on. And in the fourth minute, Connor Wilkinson saw his effort go over the bar as the ref brung the game to an end. As crew took the three points home, leaving the O's through more lapses at the back and a missed penalty. Yeah, Ross Embleton said after the game, I feel like it's another evening or 90 minutes of hurt where we haven't seen out a half or seen out a game. So yes, it hurts and I don't think we deserved it, but I'm fed up of people telling me that we didn't deserve to get beat. I've had it probably three times here already this season, once or twice on the road. But there comes a time where people have got to stop feeling sorry for us and we've got to stop coming out of games where we walk away feeling a little bit let down. Yeah, Ross went on to say we've got to be a little more mature, focused and manage the game better. We had some criticism at the weekend about the number of bookings and fouls that we gave away, but we've got to show that nastier side to us to see out the game. Last year, our responsibility was to go out there and try to win every game. But this year, we're playing against better opposition. If you open yourselves up too much to go and win it, you're going to leave yourself exposed to losing it, which is what we've done on a number of occasions already this season. And it's not good enough. So some very blunt, some very honest words there. And I think you can hear the frustration and sense the frustration in Ross's yeah, quotes. Ross is always there. honest. He's always straight up and he always says how it is. He doesn't try and sugarcoat it. 
uh, at all. Um, so that defeat sees us drop one place to 19th. Now having played nine, one, two, drawn three, lost four, we've got a minus five goal difference and just nine points on the board. Okay, so let's go in your views on the crew game, Mr. Levy. Yeah, quick one from me to, uh, on this. A very frustrating game, not the result we wanted, obviously. We did enough to take all three points, but didn't capitalise especially with the penalty miss. I thought JMD had a poor second half and possibly the penalty might have affected his confidence. Uh, the, the penalty miss might have affected his confidence. The fact that we created 14 chances, uh, had several on target, tells a slightly different story, but it's all well and good creating chances if we don't actually actually take them. Uh, need to sharpen up in both boxes, as I said earlier. Missing chances and stopping chances is costing us hugely, and it's all getting a bit frustrating now. Marsh, Wilkinson, Gorman and Wright will stand out for me uh, in that game. Okay, yours? For me, disappointing result, down to sloppy defending. If we deal with those two chances better, <coughs> yeah. ultimately we don't lose the game, but if the penalty goes in as well, it's a different game. We've still a half hour to go. Yeah. I thought we've mentioned lapses in defence over the last few episodes now, and we've seen it again in this match. I think we scored at the perfect time from a gifted goal, which is great and very well taken by JMD. But you know, if he scores to make it two-one, we win the game. But Mm -hmm. it's all ifs and buts. I think the frustrating thing for everyone is that the second goal in particular is just simple defending, like we've said. Stop the cross, get the clearance in, and if we defend that, we probably take at least a point, and it's a completely different outlook and reaction um, to the game. But at this point, I said, no, not time to panic yet at all but defeats like this hit you harder due to the nature of the last minute goal due to the nature of the penalty miss Yeah. Um, and for the first time on social media after the match saw a few criticisms of Nigel and Kent I simply can't agree with and it baffles me but everyone is entitled to an opinion but I ended up by saying if we win on Saturday it's a completely different outlook lose though and I think the pressure will start to mount and obviously Saturday's <laughs> highlights are coming up later in the well, podcast so there are any many highlights but we'll, we'll, we'll do our best a lot a lot a lot of views into at Orient Outlook on Twitter this week probably as many as what we've ever had in terms of both games as a collective so thank you for all the feedback just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them we try and balance out as much as we can so we'll start off with at Boatsy who said just not good enough at the back we can't keep defending like this we need to be better all over the pitch on Saturday El Cuadro said, I never thought I'd say this after last season, but I honestly think Marv needs a game or two on the bench as he's not handing League 2 at all well, in my opinion. We really need to start picking up points at home soon because the goodwill of last season is slowly evaporating. Yeah, good point there. That's Andy Scoops. Troop kept it short and sweet and just said the most typical Orient loss <laughs> ever. At the occasional one said, need someone stronger in charge, I'm afraid. Embleton, as nice a man as he is, just isn't the answer. Sad, but true. And the Orient Tower tweeted us, said, can't keep making school by defensive errors. Cross mistakes get punished at this higher level. Players need to be more aware and midfield need to help the defence more. Great point, that midfield need to help the defence more. I know we spoke about Marsh getting his foot onto the ball um, in early in the game. second half, yeah. but who was there? at that point at that 90th minute to stop that Jones running onto the ball and striking yeah. the ball home who was there to stop Exeter taking the lead a week ago who was there to stop their man putting Colchester into the lead yesterday same goals on running midfielder Bush see you later goal 1-0 yeah. and they're obviously picking up on that in their scouting report saying just run onto it because no one's going to track you yeah absolutely Ron Sampson 15 said we're not good enough and that's it no excuses 
Good job, only one team renegade this season, but we're already in a dogfight to keep up. Need some new blood in January for sure. At dward underscore seven said, I really didn't think we were that bad. Had Angle not got injured earlier on and had we not made such a hash of that penalty, tonight could have been very different. Bit worried about our central defensive partnership though. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And I thought other than a couple of mistakes, we looked equally dangerous as them on the attack, which well, is the gutting thing. Well, that's a good sign then. Yeah, absolutely. George underscore LOFC said, We were not awful, but mistakes are haunting us. My real question is, why did JMD take the pen and not Josh Wright? Good well, yeah, I guess the next penalty that comes up, I think we'll see. Well, we'll what find out. If Angle isn't yeah, on the pitch. We'll yeah. absolutely find out. Obviously, you've got Wilkinson, who's your main forward, who you'd expect to put himself forward. Wright's penalty record, I think, from what I remember, is pretty, pretty decent good, yeah. as well. So, yeah, we'll see. Matty LOFC Evans said, Similar patterns are developing. Defensive errors costing us and wasting golden opportunities up top. Why JMD took the penalty when Wright was on the field, I haven't a clue. It's becoming evident game on game that league football is a bigger step up for us all than we thought. Yeah, uh, Andy underscore PO16 said, throwing away four points in the last two games in the last minute or added time. Shocking. Cannot keep making the same mistakes over and over. At K underscore Leontiev said, George Marsh is carrying the midfield. So again, more praise for George Marsh. Josh John Rogers said, so, so naive in the final stage of that game. A lack of quality deliveries from both fullbacks and another shocking mistake at the end. Unfortunately, it looks like a lack of quality is costing us at the moment. Penalty goes in. It's a different game though. Yeah, Sam Braniff says, Marvin has been struggling for weeks at this level. Needs a few games out, but how does Happy not start? Looks to be our best centre-back whenever he's played. Also, Seems like fitness is a problem, conceding late goals. Good point about the fitness there. We are starting to concede a lot of late goals. Is that because we're just not very fit or because we're just getting undone under pressure? Who knows? Yeah, I, I, th- I don't think it's a fitness thing. If it is, it's a mental fitness thing yeah. rather than a physical fitness. Willow Gaffer said, yes, we missed the pen, but did we do enough? Again, two bad goals are given away. Were our tactics right from the start? In my opinion, they weren't, as none of the middle three could get past the front man. Then, two second-half substitutions were wrong. Put TM, uh, put on TM, but take off a wide player. Who's TM? Don't know. Okay. Willow Gaffer, let us know who <coughs> TM is at Dunmark. So it could have been even worse. Saved by the Woolwork twice and two great saves from Brill. This is relegation form and need to stop the rot soon. I mean, I guess we're lucky four don't go down from this division because if four went down, like We'd most other divisions, we would be very, looking very at nervous. Shoulders. And we're yeah. not too nervous here. We're on out of podcast hours at the moment. No. Nope. Because the fact that one goes down. One goes down because of Berry, yeah. Uh, Orient Meat Pie said, that's what a National League squad looks like in League Two. We were on. We were one of the fittest teams last year, but we ran out of steam late in games. This, but we run out of steam late in games this season. Key players like Coulson, Marv, Clay, look out of their depth. Slow and error prone. It'll be a long season. Yeah, good point there from Andy. I want to disagree with that as it stands at this point. That Orion underscore Ed said the only one place for the blame to be pointed for defeat tonight, and that is ourselves. Going forward, we were okay, but not great. But our defending was shocking. Nowhere close to the standard that should be expected on a football pitch. We must change quickly. Orient Buccaneer said, I've seen enough football this year to know that Ross isn't the right man for the job. We've got no clear tactic and only seem to play football when we're behind. Overall, everybody seems a bit lost on the pitch. David Matt Lloyd says, it was a sucker punch at the end. You can't blame Ross for individual errors. Worrying thing though for Saturday is Cole United have just battered Swindon. So Colchester went to Swindon and yeah, turned them over 3-0. Yeah, that was a worrying thing. I am underscore MO said the manager has been brave in dropping Clay and now needs to rest Widdison. 
Every attack came down his side. They knew he was the weak link. Unlucky tonight, but we need to stay switched on for 95 minutes. Yeah, good point. El Castaneto says, gutting. Deserved to win it in the second half, but wasted chances and then punished for yet another defensive slip. How people can blame Ross, I do not know. These are individual errors that shouldn't happen at this level. Maybe our centre-backs just aren't League 2 level. Yeah, Mark Seutcher said, a poor result. Felt like the defence was lacking and some good stops from Brule prevented it from being worse. Good performance from Wilkinson, though, and thought he deserved his man of the match. So Wilkinson done well in your eyes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he held the ball up quite well, showed some good feet. Um, Yeah, I I look forward to seeing more of him. Okay, good stuff. Daz Hodge, very, very frustrating to lose a game. We should have won. We are our worst enemy at the moment, giving away too many soft goals. Stasi Stasi said we looked decent and a real threat until Angle went off and caused many problems for crew, who looked a very good attacking team. JMD and Dennis not at the races. The second half, we were so slow getting forward where we should have been busting a gut. Thought Marshall's excellent. Interesting yeah. observation there. Yeah, yeah. chat later says we are a fourth division side with a mainly fifth division squad. It is simple. Yeah, Essex Biz says quite simply some pathetic tweets tonight. Individual errors and missing penalties can't be blamed on the manager. On to Saturday. Always positive, Johnny Macker at Spartacus 1957 said, well, it's not the end of the world. Let's not start slagging all the players down for every mistake. And on the whole, we didn't play that bad. And JMD, if he scores the penalty, we would all be crowing. Yeah, Orient Fan TV said, I'll always be behind Ross, Danny and Joby, but at the moment it's not going for us at the back. Too many mistakes being made. Ross, Danny and Joby are trying their best, but wonder how long the board will leave it before bringing in a new manager if results stay the same. Time will tell. Molly Folly 2019 says the team and the manager are simply not good enough to compete in this division. The owners have become complacent. Nigel comments in your last podcast were ridiculous and if this is a decent start to the season then what is a bad start? Justin's legacy is in danger. JV Walton 87 said crew turned up for about 20 minutes and a split second tonight. Not that impressive. That said we sat off them after the penalty miss was the time to kick on. Losing Angle was a hammer blow too. Better than the Swindon performance, but still lots to do when supporting the front man. Yeah, and the final word on crew goes to Dax Dudar, who says, we have lost seven points so far this season from not managing the game properly when they have scored in injury time or scored before half-time or two goals in quick succession. It doesn't matter how good we are if we are not good at game management. We won't win. So thank you for all your tweets. On the crew game, we didn't even mention half of them because our phones were both going absolutely like mental yeah. after. And even um, then, that was probably a few too many, but you know there was just so many varied... There was a common theme, obviously, about switching off concentration, defensive lapses, JMD and Louis Dennis not doing well throughout the game, um, and then some midfield coverage as well. So there's some various things, but lots of different sort yeah, of points. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Which is why we try and mention as many as possible to get that balance spot on. So prediction league update... There weren't many winners, but well no. done to our Orion underscore Ed, who sits in front of us, and at Mark Shepherd underscore 79, who both predicted 2-1 and got three points, and we'll round up the Prediction League table at the end of the podcast. Yeah, nothing to report on Wednesday the 18th of September. No, and in Thursday the 19th of September, it was a happy 22nd birthday to our number 10, JMD. Hope you had a good one. And bought lots of nice cakes into yeah, the train Yeah, absolutely. We took our, to our social media channels uh, late in the afternoon to reveal that we'll be interviewing the best Orient Loney ever, in quotation marks, and promotion winning Kevin Campbell. Yes. 
This is happening this coming Wednesday, the 25th of September. We have posted on the forums. We haven't had that many questions, surprisingly, so we would welcome any interesting facts about Kevin's time here from what fans can remember seeing him play. I didn't see him play. Uh, it was a little bit before my time. Um, so any interesting anecdotal stuff that you have about Kevin, any questions that you want us to put to Kevin about his time here, you can email us, orientoutlook at outlook.com. We're on Twitter, as you know, at orientoutlook. Um, or you can send us a message on Facebook. Just search Orient Outlook Podcast. Yeah, a massive, massive thank you to Martin Strong, who sent a fantastic um, synopsis of Kevin's career at Orient to us. And yeah, has really kind of helped us out on that one. So a massive thank you there to Martin, you legend. So moving on <laughs> to Mooney Friday, the 20th of September. And at 2.30, the club revealed the hotly anticipated third kit for the season, which is a white shirt with a black collar white shorts and white socks. Danny Macklin said it's very much the intention for next year to continue the policy of having a retro shirt every other season. And we look forward to sharing those designs with fans later on in the season. So Lovely. your thoughts on the white shirt? Mr. Yeah, I think it looks smart. Although it's plain and sort of nothing to look at really, I think it, it will stand out because it's white. I think it's quite smart. Yeah, me, it looks decent, but I'm not... Like, I, for me to buy a kit these days I have to fall in love with the kit instantly and I don't think I'll be buying any free this season but you know I see why people like it it looks nice enough just didn't strike me as amazing okay um, had a bit of a mixed reception on social media didn't it I think a lot of people were expecting something a bit special and then they get a plain white kit I think it yeah I think that's fair to say I think that's fair to say I think it was built up and a lot of people obviously didn't know what was coming based on Last year's fourth kit, which had the uh, Chevron on it. I think a few people thought it might be a historic nod, but as Danny's quote said, which is why we put it in there every other season for the historic nod. So next season, maybe you'll see the braces back, maybe you'll see the Chevron again. I'm sure the board know and will share yeah. with us in due course. So we've got a few tweets and we'll mention a few. I think Orient Fan 345 probably sums up how I feel about it. Just wanted to say I like it, but not what I was hoping for. Yeah, JV Foreman 002 said, was hoping for a Chevron or braces, something that was really identifiable as an Orient kit. This just seems plain and boring, to be honest. At Matty Cyrus, this would have been better with same template as the home and away as a white and grey kit. That might have been quite nice. That might have looked quite good, actually. Yeah, but still, you know, the white kit's out soon. It's another source of income from the club. I'm sure loads of people do like it, so fair play. Yep, Saturday the 21st of, the, of September, so happy Josh Coulson Day. Yeah, Explain absolutely. why that was Josh Coulson Day. Because in the Josh Coulson song, the first line is, do you remember... The 21st night of September, and he's got a massive forehead. <laughs> so, main event in cool. Colchester United away in the LA12 derby. So, we ran our normal Twitter poll a bit later than normal this time on the Friday morning to find out how you thought the O's would get on. We had 223 votes, and it was very, very, very level pegging until the last minute. Okay, so we had 31% of you thought there would be a draw and there was a 1% variance from whether you thought the O's would lose or win so 34% of you thought Orient would lose and 35 <coughs> thought the Orient would win so very close there again if you want to get your vote across you have to vote for it to be counted and as always a massive thank you for your votes so moving on it got to 2pm and the team was announced. Yeah, Dean Brewing goal, uh, Ling, Coulson, Ekpeteta and Wooderson, Marsh, Wright, Brophy, JND and Dennis with Wilkinson up top Substitutes were Sam Sargent, Judd Happy, 
Gorman, Clay, Harold and Alabi. So that meant there were two changes for the O's as Connor Wilkinson replaced the injured Liangle and James Brophy came in for Dal Gorman. The club also tweeted an injury list update and listed that Liangle has got a grade three hamstring tear. I think six weeks is the average time for that in terms okay. of recovery. Whilst they noted that Joby McEnough, James, Jamie Turley and James Dayton both still out. They did say that McEnough and Dayton are both now training with full contact, which is a sign that they're probably getting closer to the squad than what they have been. And again, it'd be interesting to see what and happens. Don't rush them. And well, don't rush them. Um, you know, you want them back fully fit, fully ready to go. So yeah. okay. So thoughts on the team for me? Yeah. Looks good to me. What happy was unlucky maybe not to come in. Yeah. Obviously for poor him. defending. Who would he have come in for? I think Josh for me. Right. I think Josh I think Josh is carrying something doesn't look as fit as what he has done for me. Good shout, yeah. But Possibly. you could argue Marv the other way. You say, you know, Marvin like we've had a few tweets, Marvin not at the races or not as good as what he was last season. So could have been either one, but I'd quite like to see Happy and Marv see what they can do. But then you could argue that you're losing a you're experienced head in the back four. Yeah. Ifs and buts, my friend, you? Yeah, no, I think it's probably pretty much as you would expect it. Um, uh, Connor Wilkinson to replace Lee Angle uh, would be standard and, and uh, Brophy replacing Gorman, not quite sure there. Uh, but yeah, no, generally pretty much as you'd expect it. Yeah, so lots of tweets before the game. We'll mention two that came in when the team was announced. So Lawton Gamps said, happy needs to start, but great to see Brophy back. Shame Angle isn't available as he has looked excellent in away games. The attacking options in the subs aren't great. And surely Satouyu is worth a spot on the bench. Yeah, absolutely. At Alan Gollidge said, very attacking lineup. Looks as though Ross is going for it, but puts a lot of responsibility on George Marsh to protect the back four. Yeah, certainly does. Yeah, last time we played Colchester, I think it's worth noting, was a 3-1 loss on the 29th of April in 2017. We were at home. Uh, Orient fan protests stopped the game from being completed. Well, that is until the officials decided <laughs> to play the rest of the game behind closed doors once we'd all left the ground. I think it's fair to say the Colchester fans were hugely respectful of us. I think initially they were a bit stunned as to what was actually yeah, going actually on. Were, yeah, I remember. Um, and I think they were hugely respectful of us and our situation. And for that, I think we should be grateful to them for the respect that they showed to us on that day. And I, I remember that because they stayed in the, the stands they and they were singing in support of us. I don't think they were taking the mickey. I think they were genuinely no, no. in support of us. Um, they understood... I think... I think we had a Colchester fan on, didn't we? One of your mates was a Col- or someone was a Colchester fan that we had come on. I've said this before, haven't I? I've got deja vu here. They came on and said that we didn't know, or someone you spoke to was a Col U fan who said that they weren't sure initially what was going on, and then someone said, "Oh, we were protesting against the regime." I'm sure I heard that somewhere. You will have to go back in time to listen to that episode. I don't recall it, but could well have happened. So the match kicked off. On a beautiful day, a lovely day. Yeah, Saturday. it really was. Lovely. Yeah, the O's being backed by a huge number of way supporters and looking to take the points back to East, East, East London. But we got off to the worst, yeah, quite frankly, the worst possible start you yeah. can get off to in a match 100%. when you go a goal down with three minutes on the clock. So Colchester took the lead as a low cross, found the oncoming Poku running into the box unmarked. His shot deflected off Sam Ling. Brill going one way, the ball going another into the back of the net. 1-0 Colchester. <laughs> Awful start. I think at the start, Coulson gets beaten too easily in the build-up. Robinson just makes Coulson look like he's walking. He clearly isn't. Robinson's just much faster. Gets into a position to cross it. And again, the cross isn't great, but that actually benefits Colchester because... I mean, it doesn't matter, does it? It's a goal. No, and Poker's yeah. running onto space and no one else is there. No one's tracking him back. Yeah, very similar to the Exeter goal and the crew last-minute goal as well. Who is tracking that player from midfield? 
Because for me, I think the defence are actually well set up for that because the guy who's scoring isn't a forward, it's a midfielder. So aren't the midfield supposed to be looking out for the mid- oncoming midfielder? No, no, terrible start. Who was tracking back? That's the That's question I'd be asking. You? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Absolutely terrible goal to concede. Coulson doesn't do enough to stop the cross at our, at our defence. Um, I think Marvin in particular just stand there sort of watching the ball. But I do take your point, the fact that, that they were probably positioned correctly as they been practiced uh, been been uh, practicing um and then yes it was down to midfielder but you know if you're looking at the game there is no midfielder there to track that guy so we've got to step up and close him down and not give him the space and time to get his shot away um if that is the case yeah. and it came across our box all too easily and it was an easy shot if their guy had missed it I'd have substituted him well very well for missing something as easy as that I mean I actually think if it doesn't if it doesn't get deflected I think bro actually saves it Okay. I think Bro actually gets to it if it doesn't get deflected, but once it gets deflected, it's going straight into that. So again, <coughs> the worst possible start. And in the seventh minute, JMD and Dennis linked up well, but the ball fell to Connor Wilkinson, who shot straight into the keeper's arms. Fast forward then to the 21st minute, and a good move around the box is Josh Wright find Louis Dennis in space, but his dangerous cross is cleared behind. Yeah, good movement there, so good yep. to see that. And in between the 21st and 27th minute, we seem to be on top, putting pressure on Colchester. Couldn't capitalise. Yeah, I think we had about three chances in that uh, in that uh, period. Um, but things go from bad to worse in the 28th minute. Apparently, we should have had a throw in, but it was given to Colchester. Uh, and from the following passage of play, Ryan Jackson doubled Colchester's lead from the right hand side as he turned James Brophy, shot from the outside of the area, and uh, passed the motionless Dean Brew, unfortunately, to make it 2 0 and leave us with a mountain to climb, although plenty of time to climb that mountain. You can argue plenty of time to climb that mountain, but a 2 0. You're not off making life difficult for 100%. yourself. Yeah, a good finish by Jackson. I think that you can say that's fair. But are we doing enough defensively to stop that shot? No, from coming in or stopping Jackson getting into that position in the first place to take the shot. Because once you're inviting that shot to come in, then again, last season that sh- those shots might have been coming in, but they're going over the bar or wide because of the quality of player. This season, again, if you give some of these players a second of space. You're getting punished and you're picking the ball out of the net, which yeah. is exactly what Dean Brewer was doing. And two nil at 28 minutes, you're just going. This is a car crash. Yeah, absolutely, and it could be it could be even worse. And Brophy didn't do enough to stop their man from shooting. You're absolutely right. Good goal from their perspective, but it could have been prevented if we put pressure on the ball more, pressure on their man more, closing down, not giving them the space to have that shot. We can't keep standing back and giving these players two or three yards at this level, at national league level maybe, but naivety or inexperience or some lacking in our mentality here because we're playing at a much better level we're not playing pub teams anymore absolutely absolutely so two goals down after 28 minutes but in the 44th minute the O's pulled a goal back as terrible defending from Colchester see it's, it happens at all clubs it's endemic. Not just us. yeah yeah as their keeper slipped over the ball under pressure and he alert Connor Wilkinson took his chance took it well actually put the ball in the back of the net to make it 2-1 to give the O's a live line. I'd say that's probably a deserved goal for Connor based on his performance when he came on against Crew right. for his work rate against Colchester as well. Gift of a goal, really. There's n- he never scored an easier goal in his life, I don't think. Doesn't matter how you get him, does it? Not as long all. as you put him in. I'm certainly not complaining. Does I'm certainly not complaining. Not like, what was their keeper up. thinking? Now, there was a bit of a hash up with the defence. Yeah. Um, and then he's tried to be smart about it and he's tripped over the ball there, keeper. I mean, I'd be livid if that was Dean Brittle. Amazing. Yes, that was my keeper. Amazing for us, though. So, two minutes of time added on in the first half and a minute into the additional time. Brophy went down in the box, 
but the referee said no penalty, something he would say quite a bit later on during the game as well, as the O's going trailing 2-1 at the he break. He doesn't get the rub of the green, James Brophy. Sometimes he gets fouled and it is a foul, and sometimes he, it isn't a foul and he doesn't get it. And I think his card might be marked because he goes down very, very, very easily, a la your favourite player who's now moved to Ireland. Mooney. Yeah, he fair. went down way. He used to go down way too easily. I see that in James Brophy. I don't like that. Go down if you're fouled, but don't go down just to what I call cheat yeah, to con the ref. It's it's not it's not a thing I want to see uh, from our players. Fine, okay. to be honest. I've be honest seen, about it. I've not seen it yet. I look forward to seeing no, that. No, nor have I. In to be the fair. highlights in the morning. So George Nicholas underscore one tweeted us at half time. Said we can't keep shooting ourselves in the foot. We've been gifted a goal and need to take advantage of this route back into the game we're getting outnumbered in midfield and that leaves our fragile defence exposed I just live in hope we get it right second half and come on you O's please yeah magic underscore John said find the running stats for today so far must be next to zero players are having a bloody stroll no effort at all Brill a shocker Coulson no legs for this level abuse of Ross's wife by well known supporter shocking and a half to forget Brophy and Dennis swap needed. Yeah, so the attendance was announced at five. And we're going to come back to the abuse of yeah. his wife later. Absolutely, the attendance 5,519 with a staggering 1,655 travelling away fans. Biggest away attendance in League Two by an absolute mile. Neither club even took a thousand away. Terrible attendance on their part. That means like literally one in three is us. Yeah, we're in Colchester. You're going to go Ipswich or Norwich, aren't you, for the most part? Um, yeah, possibly. Definitely. Possibly. So the second half kicked off with no subs for the O's. And in the 49th minute, brilliant play from Connor Wilkinson as he weaved through three players. He got brought down outside the box. He won the free kick and it got cleared. But we picked the ball back up again. Josh Wright passed it to Louis Dennis on the right, who cut inside and he curled just wide. For me, very unlucky there from Dennis. Good effort. And the keeper stood there looking beaten. So again, 52nd minute, Louis Dennis again on the prowl. He nicked the ball on the edge of the box. He appeared to be brought down, but again, the ref says no penalty. And Louis Dennis had to get his head patched up following that incident. But he was okay to continue. And in the 57th minute, Josh Coulson collided with Joe Widowson. But Josh was also okay to continue. And it wasn't long before we made our first substitution of the afternoon as JMD was replaced by Craig Clay in the 62nd minute shame there for JMD not had his best week apart from scoring against Crew. got a bit of criticism uh, after the Crew game and again has only been given the hour in this game so three minutes later Louis Dennis followed over following a good knockdown from Josh Coulson and Paul said that was unlucky a few inches lower and that's a wonder goal so moving on into the 69th minute Conor Wilkinson got booked and in the 74th minute Dean Brill was called into action as Frank Newball was in behind the defence he got one on one, but Dino done well, made the save and stopped it from being two one. For me, well done, Dean. If Frank Noble scores that, it's game over. And again, pointed out before, Dean Brill in one on one situations is very good keeper. He's good, isn't he? He's a big boy. Knows how to read forwards in terms of when they're close to him. And we can say again, yeah, well done. Yeah, it opened us up too easily though, uh, and I thought Brill did very well to narrow the angle and make himself big and and make that save because all too easily that could have been. You know the death knell. Uh, I know we're sort of what 75, 80 minutes in, um, but but nonetheless. Yeah. Um, in the 80th minute, then we made our second substitution as Matt Harold came on to replace James Brophy. Yeah. 86 minute, and Samling Cross was taken out down by Louis Dennis. He spun round. He had a shot, 
but over the bar. Yeah, that was uh, that was a bit unlucky. 87 minutes on the clock. The final sub for the O's is Louis Dennis is replaced by James Alabi. The six minutes of additional time are awarded at the end of the 90s. Yeah, so we're really going for it. Alabi now on. Could Alabi get this elusive equaliser? 91st minute, Sam Ling. His long throw was flicked on by Josh Corson and went just wide. We get another throw in a minute later. Matt Harold went down as appeals for a penalty are again ignored by the referee. That's three penalty appeals in this game, all turned down by the referees. Yeah. We haven't seen any of these, so it'll be interesting to see if any were actual penalties. And in the 94th minute of additional time, a cross drop to James Alabi, who shot. The ball hit a defender, but Gherkin made the save in the culture. Yeah, it was a bit of a scramble one, that one. That court sort of pinged about a little bit. and uh, Did a little bit. I thought it was, comf- I thought it was very comfortable for the keeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah so... George Marsh was booked in the 96th minute and the four-time whistle followed shortly after as the O's lose out in the 8th off derby and leave the game with nothing as Colchester win the game 2-1. So we weren't at the game yesterday, but Dave Victor was and he sent over his post-match interview with Ross Embleton. Ross, thanks for joining us. Again, a sense of deja vu with the manner in which the goals were conceded. Uh, you've just... Um given a polite version of my uh, my post-match debrief to the squad there Dave really um, angry and disappointed at the fact that we keep giving ourselves so much to doing games of football and, and, and coming off at the end again and, and, and oh, we got so close or we all nearly or we could have taken our chance we could have got back in it's not good enough it's not it's not um we're not giving ourselves a chance. Is probably the best way for me to uh, to try to describe it. There seemed to be a big contrast between the first half display and the second. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yes, there was. To, 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 uh, certainly, I think we. Um, I felt in the first half that we, we we were too acceptant to just get dropped back and get back behind the ball. We didn't get enough pressure on on Colchester. We didn't try and force them into any sort of errors. And we knew where we felt that we could really get get after them, and, and we didn't do that enough to give ourselves a, a platform and a chance to contribute anything to the game. We had a couple of little spells here and there, and a couple of little moments that that, that, that we looked good, but that's not that's not enough. Um, and I felt that we we started the game in the wrong frame of mind. I felt we we were a little bit negative. Uh, well, obviously, the goal comes pretty quickly what adds to that um, but we don't didn't didn't and don't give ourselves enough of an opportunity to 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 play our way into the game it is about fine margins and coaches the second should it have been a throw should it have been a late annoyance throw I don't know how it works in terms of how careful I have to be so I won't go into a great deal of detail but I don't understand what a team of officials is supposed to do because um there's obviously myself but fourth official and a linesman what look at our assistant referee looking down the line um, the ball doesn't go out of play in my opinion but the guy puts his hand on it to keep it in play uh, which is what the fourth official told me which is what the assistant so uh, I could hear him on the mic because he was close enough to me to say that it, it was handball and the referee decided that he was closer so therefore I don't quite understand what their roles are uh, in the nicest possible way um, and by the time we went down the tunnel to ask the questions all of a sudden the fourth official hadn't quite seen it and the, uh, the assistant referee had a different opinion so um, I suppose from, like I say, from that perspective is, is a very difficult thing to me to really go into 
Connor Wilkinson worked hard. He deserved his goal. It came under unusual circumstances. Yeah, and that was something that we said that we felt that if we were aggressive enough at higher up the pitch that we could get some pressure on the, them at the back and a pressure on their goalkeeper to, to force them into mistakes. And that's where I say that the start to the game wasn't good enough from our point of view because we seemed to become too acceptant to drop Connor and Louis onto our midfield. And that wasn't the, um, the intention of the way that we went out there today. I think if you were going to go and do that, we potentially would have gone with a free... Uh, recognised midfield players in there. I wanted Louis to be a, a more attack-minded player today and give him the opportunity to c cause problems and get up and around Connor to, in order to, to press the opposition. And um, I don't think as a team and as a group we, we uh, really imposed that on, uh, on Colchester in the first half. Leon Gull has impressed in his opening games for Leighton Orient. What's the news regarding his injury? Yeah, really disappointing. I think anybody who was there on, on Tuesday night saw him pull up. So it's, it's a hamstring problem and I think we're going to be missing him for a few weeks now. Exactly how long? Obviously, our fingers are crossed that it's as, as, as small a margin as possible, but I, I know that it's going to be a few weeks before we see him anywhere near returning because um, although when he came off and came in the next day, he, he didn't look to be moving quite as badly as I expected, so I was hopeful, but um, it looks as if it's going to be a few weeks, Dave. And Louis Dennis picked up a head injury. Is that a concern? Um, not particularly, well, it's obviously a concern because he cut his head, but at the same time, the concern for me was again another one of those moments in the game today where I felt we deserved the, I don't mean it was in a box, but felt we deserved the free kick. Um, it's in, in, interesting, really, when you look at the breakdown of the game, I think we worked out that Connor, Connor Wilkinson was fouled seven times in the first hour of the game, but yet he picked up a booking for um, persistent fouling when the ref does his pointy finger thing and, and goes across the ground as if he's been fouling everybody for the whole game, but uh, I think the only point three times so that's only half the amount of times that Connor was fouled so that one and, and, and obviously the, the, the foul on Louis uh, I think the shout at the time was the referee said there was no contact but he's got blood coming out of his head so it suggests otherwise James Brophy back in the side is he fully fit? Uh, James I suppose it's one of those he hasn't missed a lot of football um He's not missed a lot of time. He's trained enough this week to feel that he was. We could get a period through the game. I suppose when a player like like James is coming back, do you do you balance it out of do we start him? Do we bring him on? Um, we felt that we could get a good period of time out of him, and, and obviously towards the end he, he tires a little bit, and we, and we try to freshen it up with a change. Again, great travelling support, Dave. What I would say is a fantastic support, fantastic support, and even for us at the end there, I know we've had a right good go, and I hope that they can see that the lads are doing that. What I would say is please, please stick with us. Please stick with us and more importantly stick with the boys if people want to aim criticism at someone I'm more than happy to take that because no no and what I mean by that is that stick with these boys you know I'm here and I'm in an interim role and I'm doing the best that I can to help the backing today was fantastic the numbers was outstanding when we go to our next game at home I really hope that people continue to show the boys that support because no matter what my criticisms of, of us as a group will be after the game, they give it a right good go in the second half. We got it wrong in the first half of the game and we didn't execute what we'd asked and what we'd spoken about. We dusted ourselves down and come out in the second half and I felt the boys really had a, had a right good go at getting back in the game and we were very close to doing that. So, so please stick with them. And I know you did today, that's not me criticising anybody. And the numbers were great, the support was great, but I, if we can continue to keep that along, that's, that's going to be the best thing for this group. Because you are so close, you came so close to beating the leaders Exeter last weekend. You came so close to picking up something in midweek against Crew. so close again today. Yeah, and, and that's my frustration, and I'm sure when there's a bit more of a rational conversation in the changing room that we'll discuss that that is the case, but 
the, the real frustration is, yeah, we've stepped up at your level. Yeah, we've got players that are inexperienced. We can we can use all of those things and, and talk about all of those things. But for all of us, we have to get to grips with it at some stage. And, and dropping points in a manner that we have over the last couple of days before today is, is extremely frustrating. Um, we try to sort of look at what was the positives out of all of those things in order to give us a you know a bounce back to try to come and get some points here today. We, be, we came very, very close. But what we've got to be so cautious of is the way that we start games and start halves and, and finish halves is that there's such important periods in games that we can't keep giving ourselves such a difficult thing to uh, a difficult uh, obstacle or hurdle to get back into games thanks Ross thanks. thank you very much thank thank you. You. Emerson now speaking to Dave Victor post-match I've got to say Ross always excuse me comes across as very knowledgeable and he knows what the issues are you know and it's how he goes ahead and fixes those. I think He's something honest. I know he says he was angry and disappointed with the start and not giving ourselves a chance. And Ross isn't stupid, you know. He'll go and he'll try and fix those issues as best as he can. It's not like he's answering questions from Dave saying, I don't know what happened there. He knows what happened and he'll know they didn't to get back. The, plan. the players didn't and, execute yeah. the plan that they, they were instructed to do. And he'll go and hopefully yeah. and sort out for this Saturday. So that means the league table, we slip with that defeat into 21st place in League 2. We've now played 10, almost a quarter of the season gone already. Played yeah, one 10. more game. Saturday will be a quarter of the season. One, two, Literally. drawn three, lost five, nine points, and a goal difference of minus six. So, Mr. Lever, let's go for it. Your views on Colchester? Yeah, I mean, obviously, having been doing the podcast, we've tried to remain as positive uh, as we possibly can. So, I'm not usually one to have uh, you know, a rant or a meltdown, particularly, and I usually take a, a fairly positive view of things. But we're 10 games in, and five of those are losses, so I'm getting a bit fed up doing this podcast every week talking about losses and particularly so early on in the season. So half the games we've, we've spoken about, league games we've spoken about, so every other game we're talking about a loss. Um, so it's just getting a bit frustrating there. Um, seeing us switching off at the back nearly every game and the opposition scoring, it's a regular occurrence in our game. We, you know, we've talked through Crew, we've talked through Colchester and you could go back and argue Exeter, you can go back and argue one or two other games where there is a theme that runs through our game. At the other end of the pitch, we struggle to get the ball in the net, then we're bemoaning the chances we've had and the opposition have been able to really clear the danger, get the ball out or it just goes wide or so close or or, or whatever. Um, I believe in Ross, I believe in the management team, I believe the players, though, are letting them down, whether that's, I don't know, might be ability, like you said earlier, maybe it's... Um, I don't know, fitness maybe, I, I don't know, but but switching off, not putting enough effort in to stop crosses for example, and just sort of generally being anonymous in games, you know, we've got creative players, we've got players that have got league experience or have enough quality to be league players, but it's just not translated onto the pitch. And the more I think about our situation, I think the more annoyed I get, nine points from ten games is not good enough and nor is starting to play our game when we're either 1-0 or 2-0 down. The mentality has to change or the players will have to be changed before it's too late. That being said, though, someone made a point that although we're losing, Swindon apart, we're not really being thrashed or torn apart. We're not being played off the park. I think that was me. Particularly. Uh, someone else said oh, that. Oh, did they? Yeah, okay. someone else said that. Um, oh, and whichever so-called fan or fans feel it's OK to abuse the families of club staff and go and, go and support another club, we don't need or want people like you or in. It's bad enough when fans turn on each other. Uh, on a regular basis, but to have the temerity to go up to someone's family member and do that, I think is despicable. Absolutely despicable. They need to go and have a sit down in a dark room for a while. 
don't care who you are or what you are or, or, or anything like that. You don't go up to people's families and abuse them or abuse the, the uh, Orient member of staff at that person. That's just out of order. I'm going to go sit down now. All right, so Paul... Go on, Paul, your, your views? Mate, you're raging. <laughs> I am, I'm really unhappy about this, yeah. Fine, all right. So my views... Mate, if you <clears> give away two goals in any football match, half an hour in, you ain't going to win it, or you're unlikely going to win it. I know we've done it in Mansfield, but that is going to be a rarity if you're 2-0 down after half the rule, an hour. Yeah. For me, I don't, I don't think it's a case of players letting people down. I just think it's... Most of our players have found their level... And some, so it's ability, some aren't good enough for, for League 2. Coulson against Robinson, in terms of pace, there's only going to be one winner in that. And it ain't going to be Super Joshy Coulson, because he ain't going to match that player. So once he's out of position, then we're, we're chasing. You know, I think Wilkinson seems to be doing right at the moment, stepping up from non-league. I mean, yeah. he's come from non-league. Sam Ling, for me, is doing right. Willowson, I think, has been targeted from what people were saying on the left-hand side. You know, it, it's all over the pitch. But... I don't think it's a case of players not trying. I just think it's a case of players are just, yeah, are getting found out, and we're just getting found out by better teams. I think because Tranmere done it last season, and I think Lincoln, it took Lincoln two seasons to go straight up. I think most fans and probably me to some extent thought this would be a lot easier than what it is, and I think the jump between National League and League Two is a lot bigger than what we all anticipated it would be. I think we all thought, I oh, will end up in the playoffs here. No chance. I think. The, the good clubs are, are much better than us on the pitch as it stands and we even need to invest if we want to be one of those or we settle for being a lower mid-table team this season and see what happens uh, in the summer mm. so you know arguably we've got our leading assist man out and I think Dayton will make a massive difference when he's fit again because we know what James Dayton can bring you so you could argue well your creative flair has been missing Although we've got Dennis and JMD, I think Dayton is probably more influential than them too, as it stands from what I've seen so far. He's missing. You've got Joby, who, okay, he's 38 years old, but you can't take away his influence on that pitch, and he's a very calm head who's been missing. Turley is missing, and Turley was playing at this level last year, and has got a bit more about the know-how about him at this level. So that's three players who mm, probably quite. walk back into the starting eleven who haven't played this season. Tony um, replaces who though? <clears throat> Coulson or Marv? I don't know. No idea. Or maybe does he replace Link? I don't know. Do you change the system up to accommodate McEnough, Dayton and Turley? No idea, but I'm not I'm not a manager. I just get to talk about it from podcasts. <laughs> um, go 5-3-2 possibly then? Yeah, well, <clears throat> possibly. Mm. Or gives you more options to play about. But I think, yeah, I made the point saying we've only got hammered once this season and that was Swindon. Yeah, I think I you know, thing, yeah. yeah, we're only losing by the odd goal, you know. Crew two one, Colchester two, two one. Yeah. It's not like we're coming out of two games having been battered four nil. We're not Watford five nil. No, luckily not. You know the fan, like you said, who got into an argument with Ross's wife should be ashamed. You know that was a line crossed. And what I will say to some fans is be very, very careful. You know what you wish for. Ross wears his heart on his sleeve. He's learning his trade. Only fourteen games in. Whether you believe in him or not, slating him and having to go isn't going to help anyone's cause. No. Plus also, he's doing it on an interim basis. He's been asked to do this role on an interim basis because of the summer we had. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm going to remember this. I don't know whether to mention it on the podcast, but I will do. I was in Loughton High Street yesterday. I came to face to face with one of the men who nearly took us out of business. And I looked at him and you know, I did, I did say hello to him. But it just goes to show 
Thanks to Nigel, Travis and Ken Teague, when were we last not talking about issues on the pitch? So anyone having a go at Travis and Teague, bonkers yeah. to me. Absolutely bonkers. Him. Him. Do you want to name the name? You can say Alessandro. I've got no problem saying Alessandro and Jaleri. We don't mention the other guy's name. But Alessandro, be careful, Orient fans, and Loughton High Street, he's still lurking out and about in there. But, you know, three years ago we were talking about spiralling out of the Football League. It's nowhere near that as it stands at the moment. So that has to be a positive, positive angle. So, again, lots and lots of views after this game loads yeah loads kick so off with, on in. Uh, with Dan Alton 2590 who says same as most weeks we need an actual manager we can't defend we're not creating chances our only goals recently have come from opposition errors no more sentimental stuff time's up yeah so Dan feels a change is needed 1881 Williams says once again we're not good enough or smart enough in either box Vince Howard 73 said Phil Ferrosas is a top bloke but he's just not getting the best out of the players and his subs today were questionable just because we would be happy with mid-table doesn't mean we shouldn't compete. Yeah, good point. At Record Blue Apps, this is a, a diabolical first half. No point trying to start playing football games at 2-0 behind. We're just too easy to score against. Richie J. Bourne said, Two goals scored recently have been gifts. We need some more creation and some well-worked efforts. Too many players just not alert and taking charge. Please practice free kicks as well. I have to say, I don't really care how the goals have come, whether they're from creation of our own or we've... Um, capitalise on someone's mistake because people are capitalising on our mistakes so quite frankly I don't really think it matters where the goals come from yeah. just as long as they come yeah goals are goal and a reach too so it looks very nice going forward but once again I don't remember the keeper being tested and as for defending Sunday league managers would be furious with that Coulson and Wellison look lost to me feel sorry for Marsh who is our best player by far mid-table obscure said serious question here if we have a meltdown every week does that not indicate that there's a problem yeah Good point. I use that today in a work call about having a meltdown every week. If you have a meltdown every week, it's not a meltdown. It comes as the norm. So what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice little tribute there to well HMV. <laughs> yeah, Oli Sonnenfeld says, Deja vu. But if you don't defend or attack as a unit, it is inevitable. Unfortunately, wholesale changes are needed. Drop Willowson. Drop Coulson. Drop Wright. Who would have thought at this point of the season, you'd be getting fans saying drop Willowson, drop Coulson. Two of our most consistent performers last season. In a different league. In a different league, Dear yeah. Stu said, I just don't think the players know what their jobs are out on the pitch. We looked lost in the first 40 minutes. Far too narrow. In my opinion, Wilkinson was very good today, as was Marsh. Ref was shocking. Sentiment seems to be keeping Ross in charge. Graham, 1974-75, says, Incredibly sad that some fans are totally ignorant to Justin's passing. Results will come. Again, we had more shots than the opposition today. We need to keep in mind where we could be. Hartlepool. Notts County, Chesterfield and Wrexham all lost again in the National League. Salford lost yesterday as well. They got turned over by Crew 4-1. Yeah. Bit of perspective. I've got to say, I don't care about National League anymore. I don't watch anything to do with National League. I've got no idea who's winning and who's losing. Well, it's Dave Victor that sat in that very chair that actually brought, brought perspective <laughs> yeah. in that, you know, the other teams that were with us or around us, Hartlepool, Chesterfield and all that, are not doing very well. Mark Shepherd underscore 79 said, on the one hand, we were two Louis, Louis Dennis shots on target from winning, but the other, I'm gutted to say, too many heroes from last year are not good enough at this level. He goes on to name Coulson, Woodison, Clay, Alabi and JMD. Yeah, very good there. Louis Dennis, it's really hard to pronounce Louis Dennis because your mind away goes to Louis Denny. 
It's very difficult. Yeah, 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 it's true. At Kid Samson Oaks says, without wanting to sound like a broken record, we don't have very many proven League 2 players. We are particularly weak at fullback and the keeper, and we made some horrendous sentimental contract decisions over the course of the summer. It is going to be a long slog. LOFC1978 said, why are people getting on Alabi's back? He's not the issue. First half, players look clueless. No ideas, no movement, no game plan. Blame has to lie with the manager. Nino Barone, 27, says, We face pretty much the whole top half of the league. If results stay the same against teams around us, then I'll be worried. As of now, by a few problems, we may have not a whole lot of concern for me. Interesting Slightly point there. We've played a lot of teams. In the 10 games, we've played Exeter, played Swindon, played Colchester. Crew. We've played Crew. And I can't think of the other six teams. We've played Cheltenham, who I think are doing pretty well as well. They keep turning teams over. Cheltenham are up there. So you could argue. I mean, we beat Cheltenham. So, <laughs> I guess I guess points one will be lost. On more expectation when you start playing the teams around you, like Scunthorpe, and Morecambe, your Port Vale, who are coming up. Drew nil nil. Surely nil nil. Yeah, be interesting that. Yeah, James R F Young says disappointing that Brillo was arguing with the fans and the players arguing between themselves. Concerned that Marvin continues to panic and our lack of spirit is now the time for a change. Yeah, so Marvin getting called out again there. Orient Electric. His first half was as bad as it gets. Should have been four one down. Brill had a stinker and the F off to fans was nice. So we did see it's reported. Uh, obviously, we weren't there, so we can't say if it happened or yeah. didn't happen. And even Marsh the might not have seen it. was my standout player. And despite constantly falling over, I didn't think Wilkinson done too bad. Brophy was a passenger, as was Wright. Wright again, second game running. Wright is getting criticised again. Taser Jr. said, cannot keep needing to score three to win a game. Any team that does that will struggle. Couple of clean sheets, even if they are nil-nil draws, would be perfect right now. Yeah, need a few clean sheets again. D. David U. says, Wilkinson never stopped, had little support. I'm not sure where JMD fits in. His positional sense is awful. I'd give Brophy a free roll and bring in Gorman. So, I mean, there are options going in to Saturday's game. We've got a fairly versatile squad yeah, we that you could, you could switch things around quite easily. Yeah. Whether Ross will do that or not remains to be seen. Les LK52 said, I noticed some of our players weren't matching the opposition physically, except for Marsh, the smallest player in the team. Need to find this level and quickly. We're being sussed out. Rayleigh Day says, what worries me more than the results and the new extended contracts of players who have yet to prove themselves at this level. That is poor decision making by Martin and Ross. And limits what we can do in the January window. So someone else again pointing out about these extensions. Yeah, Gary Talbot seven said Lynn clearly said the manager situation would be monitored ongoing. The table takes shape around this time, and it's not lying. Dan Happy not starting after doing nothing wrong is winding me up. <laughs> At Dean underscore seven Cox still loves, still loves the still loves the podcast. Happy Monday morning listening, Dino. Happy has to start for me, guys and more of a cutting edge at the other end of the pitch. Thank you, yeah. Dean. Yeah, Benzir said, the mistakes we are making at the back are basic. Bring a defensive coach in. Wouldn't hurt to give certain players a break. There's no place for sentimentality at the moment. Yeah, and the final word on Colchester and for this week goes to Sharky War. which says, fans need to stop moaning and stop being so negative. We have lost a few games, which is annoying, but Rome wasn't built on a day. We need to adapt, stand up to the challenges ahead and get behind the team and up the table. And negativity... Spreads negativity. A very profound, profound, yeah. Nice Absolutely. ending there. So, do you agree or disagree <laughs> with any of the tweets we've read out? Let us know what you think by tweeting us at Orient Outlook, or you can drop us an email, Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. There's quite a variation 
uh, of tweets there. Majority of them obviously deeply dissatisfied with how we are at the moment, which is fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. We encourage all opinions, whether positive, yeah, good, bad, or indifferent. negative. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. Or in our podcast, it's a podcast for, for all the fans, absolutely. Fellow fans. So prediction league update. So well done to that. Ian four seven six eight six seven four nine. Uh, O's fan basing at Wrecker Blue App, Sue underscore Manx, Ian K Richardson, Samuel LOFC 97, Paul WE underscore UK <coughs> at D underscore Feds, Stroppo, who predicted 2 1 to Colchester, so got three points. But well done to East London XL, who predicted 2 1, and Walkerson to score, so he takes home the maximum four points, which means we've got a new leader we at have. the top of the leader. Well also on 12 points. Well done to Sue underscore Manx. Since I saw Sue in Morrison's Loughton last week, she's got six points out of six. There so you go. if Lucky you want your points, yeah, absolutely. Ten points in second place is Steve Chapman four, and a nine points in third place. I rocking back seventy two, and O's fan basing. And the full table is on our Facebook page. And as always, thank you for all of your predictions this week. Yep. So moving on then to Sunday, the twenty second of September, the ladies were in league action this week and were victorious again as they beat Actonians away two 0 thanks to goals from Lamarch and then Charles for their third successive win and extending their unbeaten start to six games. Well done, the ladies. Incredible, incredible scenes in the ladies. Mate, their flights. Well done yeah. to all involved in the ladies' setup. Yes. So one hour, 18 minutes and 30 seconds. My goodness, let's wrap up this bad boy. So fantasy football update. Andy Chalk leads the Orient Outlook podcast. Fantasy Football League on 378 points. He's five points ahead of Brendan Pitcher. In second place, I'm not doing bad. I had De Bruyne as my captain. He done all right for me this week. I have moved up to 70th place out of 284. If you've got Man City players in your team this week as highlighted for anything, then you pretty much smashed it. Absolutely. It's a dream team update. Then Jay Bellamy leads the Orient Outlook podcast dream team league on 367 points, well ahead of Michael Henn in second place on 342 points. I'm not doing bad in this one. I am fifth, my friend, out of 82 Very good. Two players. Good for you. Thank positives you. and negatives this week as we move <laughs> forwards. Connor Wilkinson, under the positives, played well when he came on on Tuesday and scored on Saturday. The amazing, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Agree, yeah. I think that's I think that's absolutely fair. Amazing away attendance at Colchester. Yeah. Highest we had double the net double the amount of fans that Carlisle took which was about 800 I think, which I think we spoke about it on last week's podcast and I think I said oh, I reckon it'll be like 800 at 900 I can't remember because I was on the podcast maybe to another Orient fan like 1700 fans almost is yeah. amazing yeah we'd always take a good strong following amazing up to following, we always yeah. have done well done and the final positive that we've got for this week is the ladies team amazing yeah. amazing yeah. so negatives then so let's bring them on in so we always cap positives and negatives three a week. Probably could have a lot more, but we are going with two losses in a week. And our current form, so obviously six points up for grabs. We took zero. Yeah. I guess out of the last three, we've taken one point out of nine, which yeah. isn't good enough for where we want it to be. Second, and a massive one, Lee Angle's injury, like we said in the crew game. So Angle, we expect to be out for at least six weeks with a grade three hamstring tear. And thirdly, the fans. What's going on? Everyone's turning on each other on social media, and one's even going up to abuse Mrs. Embleton. Come on, everyone wants the same thing. Unacceptable abuse of any uh, fan, whether it's on social media, face to face in the ground, or anyone. Unacceptable. And you know what? It's okay to have a different opinion to someone else. They're not right, and you're not wrong, and you're not wrong, and they're not right. You know what I mean? It's it's okay to be different. It's we don't all have to think the same way. 
Um, and so from that point of view, if you disagree with someone, fine, no problem at all. You've got a different opinion that you think makes more logical sense than their view, fine. That's the whole point. It's a debate. It doesn't have to turn nasty. It's the beauty of football, and it's the one thing that I'm very proud of this podcast, what it does. We read loads of tweets out because it'd be boring if it was just me and Paul talking about yeah. our views. Who'd want to listen to that? What? Yeah. You know, so. No, absolutely, and that's why we put fan views in because there's such a variation of, of views. Everyone sees the same thing in a different way, so yeah, uh, which makes it interesting. But let's move on then to hero of the week, and this week you probably guessed it. But both unanimous, I would say. Yeah. Connor Wilkinson, yeah, well, well done, Connor. Connor, for his performance coming on and and and, uh, and his goal as well. Yeah, so well done to Connor. So moving on to next week's fixture. So there's yeah. only one game coming up this week for the O's as we welcome Port Vale to Brisbane Road on Saturday, the 28th of September. So Port Vale currently 13th League Two, so around mid table. They drew two at home to Mansfield on Saturday, thanks to a last minute equaliser. So if you go in and you see us in or around the ground, come over, say hello, or why not give us. An oi oi. Absolutely. It's worth mentioning that the O's are also in action in the London Senior Cup against Tower Hamlets on Monday, the 23rd of September, Mile End Stadium, where we fully expect the team, squad, and youth players to be turning out for the O's. Yeah, I'd imagine probably uh, Joby and, and Dayton might be the only senior two that maybe, might get some action. Maybe, maybe a half, soon. maybe 20 I think you minutes. You might see a you might Possibly. see Harold maybe just in terms of fitness to Game get him 90 minutes but yeah. we'll be looking at that one tomorrow evening don't forget Wednesday evening we are also interviewing Kevin Campbell so any questions for him give us a tweet or give us an email we will do our best to get those asked that will be up on Wednesday evening so two in a week for yeah. anyone listening yeah. that's it sponsorship reminder don't forget for the best plastering and rendering prices around visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs and that is it that is it at 1 hour 22 thanks for joining us for episode 194 it's been a tough week on the pitch videos as two games played both ended in 2-1 defeats heaping more pressure on Ross and the boys running the one game coming up this week we have a big opportunity to start putting things right on the training ground in preparation for the upcoming match against Port Vale on Saturday and as always our support is vital so we must make sure we back this team on Saturday and give everyone our full support. Yeah, we'll be back with episode 195 next week with all the information and views that you'll ever need. I won't be here because it's the Jewish New Year, so if you are a follower of that, uh, Happy New Year to you all, and if you're not, as you were. Yeah, well, I'll still be here. I'm Jewish, but not as into it as Mr. Levy. So I'll be here with Chris Kane presenting next week. So if you're listening on iTunes, Please subscribe, give us a review. Thank you to the gorgeous George Sessions for his lovely five-star review yes. on iTunes Some last great week. great reviews on there. Top Thank you, guys. man, George. If you're listening on Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, add us to your favourites. And that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded. We are also now on smart speakers. Always yep. have been, but it seems to be a big craze at the moment. So if you've got a Google Alexa or no, not an, an Amazon Alexa or a Google Echo device... Just say play Orient Outlook podcast and it will play the latest Orient Outlook episode. Or if you want to be more specific, give them a number and it will play that number's episode. So get cracking on with yeah. your smart speakers. We've got a couple of mugs left as well. So if people want uh, some mugs, then please get in touch with us. Uh, five quid each and a couple of quid for three quid, I think, for postage now. So uh, yeah, get in touch. We can get them dispatched pretty quickly. So there's a song that's been driving me crazy in particular. Yeah. It's a Justin Edinburgh song, but it was driving me mad on a holiday. We finally found out what it was that we're going to play out this week. So yeah. all that's left to say. Can I just say thank you to the Blackpool media guy who told me 
what this song was. It's a bit random, but thank you. I know he doesn't even listen. He will but... not listen. So, yeah, so all that's left to say is we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. <laughs>